Welcome into another podcast episode for Codings Pro Magazine. I'm Stephanie Chizik, and I'm editor in chief of Codings Pro. Today we have with us Tony Sardanis, Sardanis, sorry, National Codings Director at Gannett Fleming. He's the current committee chair for SSPC's Bridge Codings Advisory Committee, a member of the Certification Committee for AMP, a member of Codings Pro's Editorial Advisory Group, and a previous Codings contractor. Tony, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Great. So why don't you you obviously have a very uh, a wide spectrum of a background. Can you maybe give us a little bit of an overview of, of what that entails for the for the coatings and contracting industry that is? Sure. I feel like I've touched all the different aspects of this industry again, mostly in the bridge industry, um, but touched all the aspects of it and a little bit of water tanks as well. But I was a contractor in a family business back in the 80s where we painted bridges and tanks. Uh, then I left the company, started out as an inspector for the Maryland State Highway Administration, inspecting bridge painting projects, and then moved my way up to project manager, director, and now I'm the uh, national director. Uh, again, as you stated, for Gannett Fleming, I've um, been on several committees. I'm a NACE uh, Level 3 Certified Coatings Inspector. I'm a Protective Coating Specialist. I have training through SSPC uh, uh, C3 with uh, lead removal projects and just a lot of experience uh, throughout this industry and in all different aspects of a project. That, I mean, a very, like a varied background. I think that's great. What, what does your current role look like at Gannett Fleming? Well, right now, what I'm tasked to do for the company is, uh, you know, looking at contracts, design contracts, ins inspection contracts, and again, focusing mostly on the bridge market, bridge industry, but we also do a lot of work in uh, water wastewater as well from a corrosion standpoint. But basically looking at design projects, um, I'm also doing some expert uh, witness uh, testimony, that type of thing, expert advice uh, to a few DOTs. Uh, but basically it's inspection contracts and design contracts for various agencies. Okay, and I think that if we combine your current role with your background, you probably have a really unique sort of take on the industry. So I'm wondering, you know, what does it mean to you to be an inspector and kind of how inspectors uh, work with other stakeholders on a on a coatings project? Well, I tell you what, it, it's come a long way. I remember mm -hmm. when I was an inspector in the early 90s, when you checked humidity, you just wiped the square foot area on the side of the steel, and if it dried within 15 minutes, then you know you were, you had good humidity, which is not a good way to go. <laughs> good to go. <laughs> but, um, but no, it, it, it with my personal background, I'm able to see a lot of different aspects of how contractors and owners and and inspectors look at things. And things have definitely changed, and I think they've changed, of course, for the better with modern technology and uh, efficiency that's out there. And and the specifications are so much better written now by various agencies and they're easier to follow and enforce. And the contractors over the years as well have gotten just as educated as uh, you know the owners and the inspection firms that provide those services. So I think you know uh, the industry has grown and everybody has gotten smarter, more educated. You know, are there still interesting uh, things that go on sometimes, of course, but you know what, I, I, I really believe that everybody really does try to work hard together to, to accomplish and, and finish a job successfully. Yeah, that's great. And a very positive outlook. I like that. <laughs> that's the way I've always been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned, I think, you know, some things are still changing, obviously. Do, can you think of any 
any of those memorable projects that you've worked on in the past? Anything like that comes to mind that maybe someone's not in not in the industry and you get to tell them something that you've been a part of? What do you think about? I, I think of three projects uh, that were memorable. I don't know if they were memorable, but they were exciting to work on. Okay. And one of them was uh, in the state of Maryland for the Maryland Transportation Authority, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge that goes over the Chesapeake Bay near Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, they painted those the Westbound Bay Bridge in four different phases, and there were a lot of challenges with uh, unique uh, steel structures on that bridge and how the contractor contained it, uh, painted it, and uh, kept traffic moving. Uh, another project was in uh, downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, you know that was a um, that was a, a very cool structure. It's about a two mile long bridge structure downtown Milwaukee. Um, that was just literally on the uh, on the lake there, and again, that was a, a, a structure that was had total removal requirements. It had an arch bridge, uh, arch set span in the middle that they had to contain properly. Again, allowing traffic to move, and just and and also the other one in Indi Indiana for the Indiana DOT, it was over. It was a higher river crossing bridge, the Canalton Bridge, uh, in Canalton, Indiana, that crossed over into Kentucky. Again, another uh, you know truss structure that uh, had a lot of old structural elements to it, and the challenges of cleaning the interior of those boxes and the lattice on that structure to get it cleaned properly. They all had their uh, different challenges in a sense, but that they were large structures. Uh, again, one being right downtown in in Milwaukee, and um, they were very cool structures. And and the key to those were uh, that they were very good contractors but again the specifications uh, were well written in pretty much all three cases and that's what made them memorable you know large structures like that knowing that you know they had to do all this work in and around traveling public vehicular people at milwaukee they had a concert venue underneath the bridge with a lot of different things uh with the with the bay bridge in maryland you're dealing with uh, uh vacationers throughout the summer so you had to deal with massive backups once in a while. So you you know how to handle those things and keep traffic moving and keep the project moving. So memorable, yeah, just exciting. I think more so of of the challenges faced on all three of those types of projects. Yeah, I think that you know the more challenges there there are, obviously the less room for error. But it's also it does it probably makes it so much more rewarding at the end of the project or the, you know the end of however long it's taken to complete those that you've done it successfully, that you've been able to kind of overcome those. And challenges doesn't have to mean like hiccups. It could just mean, you know, the parameters of the actual project, like you just mentioned, you know, you're over water, you're in the air, there's yeah. traffic, there's, you know, fall hazards that could come. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting to see how the entire team together overcomes those challenges. I can only imagine, yeah. Yeah, and the, and those projects because they're so complex and massive, and a lot of times you're dealing with other contractors that are working on or doing non-coding things like structural repairs or paving. So there's a lot of coordination that's involved in those type of projects and dealing with um, the environmental conditions like humidity and dew, especially when you're over a large body of water. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to deal with that and and how do you address those and and what coding up system you that's going to best fit those um, requirements. Uh, so it's 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 a it's it's pretty cool to be able to work together. And again, 
you know, I am an optimistic person. I was going mm-hmm. things positive, but for the most part, you know, if you have communication, no matter what kind of communication it is, mm-hmm. working towards that, it usually ends up being a successful project. So I think communication is probably one of the key sort of trends that you're seeing in the field, Do you, you know, as far as um, different ways, you know, it's not just pen and paper anymore. Are, what, what are those trends that you're seeing in the field as far as, you know, techniques or tools or how safety is changing? Obviously, you'd already mentioned the tool for um, um, relative humidity, anything, anything else going on? Well, I mean, nowadays we're so, you know, app oriented, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so many apps out there and there are, and I can't name you the exact type of app, uh, mm-hmm. but there are apps out there that you can check the local weather, um, you know, the, the humidity, the dew point, air temperature uh, for that specific area. And a lot of inspectors are using that now, along with physically checking the steel surfaces uh, to see what the temperatures are on those because they do vary from the exterior surfaces to the interior surfaces and you really want to make sure that those areas are checked before you do any painting um, but there's new technology in uh, in gauges now there are a lot of companies out there it used to be where you had to take dry film thickness readings and, and carefully touch the beam without dragging it or scratching the probe end because uh, they're like a diamond point and they could it could scratch oh. and damage it where now they've uh, developed gauges that you can actually drag across the surface and it will continually take readings and it's still new technology um, right now um, SSPC has PA2 which tells you how to take measurements and how, how to take measurements of various um, square footages of steel how many measurements per those square footage areas and they're actually now starting to um, uh, think about incorporating that technology into that as an addendum or or an add-on to it. So it, it, it it's new technology. It's going to make things quicker. Um, you know, they're even talking about drone technology and taking dry film thicknesses uh, with uh, with the use of drones when you're doing uh, design services. You know, pre-contract services to determine what those structures need instead of having to climb a structure closing lanes or or or, or uh, getting scaffolding to get to the top of a, of a tank. Now you can send a drone up and possibly take dry film thicknesses without impeding any uh, traffic on roadways. So a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah, the drone one reminds me of, you know, I think most people probably in our industry and beyond are very familiar now with what's going on with the bridge in Memphis and the crack on the steel, you know, I bet a drone would have been at least partially helpful, couldn't have hurt, you know, to help kind of give a better sort of view about what the status of the bridge looks like. Well, I, I think personally, I mean, uh, drones are here to stay and I think they're they're actually advantageous with respect to what you just said, right? I mean, you can send out a drone without, again, if you're focusing on bridges, without having to close lanes or do anything, send a drone out, go underneath the structure, go above the structure, and they, they're so sophisticated in their photography and video taking that it can give you a lot of good information. And you're right, maybe for that structure, there it could have been um, mm-hmm. it could have been helpful if they if they would have done that, been proactive mm-hmm. with respects to that type of technology. As far as other inspectors in the industry, do you have any sort of like words of wisdom? I mean, you've obviously been in the in the industry for a while and as and on the contractor side of the house, too. So, you you know, you have that knowledge base to come from um, anyone maybe new coming into the industry as an inspector. Any any words of wisdom you'd want to share? 
Well, first, let me preface that with the industry has changed when it comes to the coding inspector. Back in the day, a coding inspector was what he was, a codings inspector. Uh, now they have to, um, not that they have to do it, but they have to keep their eye on, God forbid, there's a safety issue. You know, they, they not that they're safety officers, but they need to be aware of it to tell the proper people if something's going on that they're not comfortable with. Um, again, um, with technology um, and, and just communication. Now they also have to be aware of maintenance of traffic. Again, when you're focusing on the bridge industry, but mm -hmm. with the tank industry, the same type of thing. And and the biggest thing to me, what I try to tell any inspector, young men and women that are coming into the industry or people that have been around, is communication. It truly is the key. If if you come across calmly and you come across willing to work with the contractor, you're the you're there's three parts to the success of a contract, right? That's the owner, the contractor, and the inspector. And they all got to work well together. And you know, you you always tell everybody that's going to get into this field, always be professional. Always keep yourself above the rim, right? The brim there, and, mm -hmm. and 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 keep yourself professional. If you see that a contractor or somebody's getting a little excited about a situation, excuse yourself, and then you know when things calm down, then talk. But it's always just about communication, being proactive. I think a lot of times what happens is um, contractors, you know, if you're proactive and you see things before a contractor does or an owner does you can kind of deal with that before it happens so you everybody looks at it constructively not emotionally so that's part of the thing but communication is really it if there's an issue talk about it um, objectively you know just hey this is what it is this is what's going on and what do you need to do about it and and how are we going to address this before it becomes an issue so really an, an inspector is i mean it's always been like this they've been the eyes and ears of 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 the you know the owners industry i mean it's really in their hands to make sure that that work is being done of course the contractor is actually doing the work right. but to make sure that the agency is getting the owners getting what they are supposed to get out of that contract out of the life of that coding they play a pivotal role they are the key to success and again it just it's just about handling yourself professionally keeping a, a professional way about you when dealing with anybody, be it the contractor, even the owner agency or or people that may be driving by and want to know something and you happen to be there. Mm -hmm. um, but just keeping it professional and uh, and um, always talking, always communicating. And then on the flip side, what what would you give as words of advice to the contractor when dealing with an inspector? Because I, I think that, you know, communication has to flow both ways. Absolutely. I mean, they used to call it partnering, right? I mean, that was the key word back in the 90s and early 2000s. I think they still use it. But partnering is just a fancier word of saying communication. But absolutely. I mean, as a contractor, when I was with the family business in the uh, 80s, uh, you know, if, if the contractor has an issue or a concern, talk about it, put it on the table and, and try to discuss it with the inspector and the project manager who's out on the job site. And then if it doesn't work there, take it to the next level, but always be professional and always be objective. Why are you upset or concerned? And, and give specific reasons so they can be addressed because if you aren't, I've given this, in, this um, I've given this philosophy to many contractors over the year. If you ever have a problem, people are people. Humans, we're all gonna make mistakes. We're, we're not all gonna see the same thing the same way. If you've got an issue, be objective. 
this is why I have this concern or this issue and 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 spell it out. And if somebody makes a mistake or doesn't view it or understand it the way you see it, that's what is that, that's where a good discussion comes into play and it keeps the job moving and keeps it going forward instead of having it to stall out or stop or shut down because of uh, you know misunderstanding. It I think what you're saying, and I want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I want to make sure this is fair to say, it sounds like what you're saying, well, two things. One is be proactive, maybe instead of reactive. And also, if you can, to obviously the, people are passionate about their, their work, but to try to remove the emotion if they can. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's really what it, what it comes down to. I've had over the years as an inspector and as a project manager, I've had excitable uh, contractors, uh, you know, wanting to tell me different things. Mm -hmm. And um, I've actually called owners who I've known from contractors and asked them to come out. And I said, just come out and look at the job. Tell me what you think. And if I'm not seeing what I'm not seeing or the inspector that's working for our firm is not seeing what you may be or may not be seeing, then we'll talk it out. And usually nine out of 10 times they've come out and they've said, yep, we agree and you know they would move forward but you know that's what it is it's got to be at anything what you do in your industry what i do what lawyers whatever doctors it's about being professional there's always going to be problems that's understood it's how you deal with them and i like i said i tell people that work for our company people that are coming into the industry is always be professional keep a level head try to talk it out if you can't talk it out, let's take it to the next level, be it the owner agency uh, representative and uh, and try to work it out, but be objective. You have to be clear in what your concerns are. If you're not clear, they will not get resolved. Mm -hmm. I think those are those are great, great words of wisdom, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> sure. um, I know none of us know the true answer to this necessarily, but do you have any idea about like what you're seeing coming down the pike as far as, you know, the future for the industry, whether that's safety, the coatings themselves, um, you know, just workload in general, or, you know, what what is it that you're kind of hearing and seeing as far as what maybe the next six to 12 months could look like? Well, I don't know about the next six to 12 months, but maybe the next, you know, 24 to 48 months. I mean, you, when you come to the shows, right? That uh, as this PCNA said, and not the plug, but AMP next year, right? <laughs> um, you see a lot of new technology and coatings. There, there are a lot of sophisticated coatings that are out there that are maybe a one code application or two code application. Um, you see technologies in, in uh, you know, mechanical, uh, where instead of people abrasive blasting, having humans of blasting. Now you see robotics out there. Now, I still think they're far away because uh, there's so much complexity in a structure that um, they, ha they, they have equipment that's mounted on the scaffolding that it's going to, it's still a ways away. I mean, I've seen, talking earlier about drones, I've seen, I saw an article, I forget what magazine it was, that talked about, uh, they showed a drone pressure washing and another drone spray painting. Mm -hmm. And I think that the concept, the concept is there. It's going to be there. But I think just like anything, automation is is going to change this industry. One day you you may not need an inspector. You may just have some again a drone flying around, taking film thicknesses. Uh, maybe they'll come out with equipment technology that can measure surface profiles without again having somebody physically go up there. So I I, I think you know you hear about it. 
Um, and I think just like anything else, it's going to be, um, you know, that type of uh, technology that I don't think a spray paint or abrasive blaster is ever going to be fully removed, you know, the human yeah. element. But I, I think you're going to see um, more and more of that type of um, technology coming in. Again, you know, you're seeing it with, like I said, with uh, coatings that are out there. So many different coatings that are being, you know, uh, developed right now that are really, um, hopefully, I mean, look at the metalizing that just came out over the last many years. You went from a possible 20 to 25 year life to a 30 to 60 year life. You know, it's, of course, everything has to be perfect, you know, with, with that. But, I mean, that's going to grow and people that are out there that are there's geniuses that'll come up with these technologies, you know, it, it's it, eventually um, I foresee, you know, equipment that's going to be easy to use and also, um, you know, being more, um, you know, modernized with respects to um, robotics. Mm -hmm. down the road. It got a ways to go, but I think it I think that's on the cusp. Yeah, I think, you know, we you, you do see it a little bit already in the water wastewater industry, especially with what you just mentioned with um, like the uh, it's not a drone equipment, but it's like the the machines themselves are doing the surface prep. I mean, someone is still on the on the end of it. There's, sort of, there's still a person kind of, you know, controlling it. But um, but yeah, you certainly you're starting to see the or even in the maritime industry, same same idea. So, yeah, I can see that coming down the pike. You're right. I mean, they've been out now for a while. There's many uh, self-contained where they put them on the side of tanks or, like you mm -hmm. said, the ship hauls and they'll they'll brace a blast going down the, the side where it's not a human anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, those uh, young men and women that play those games now could be those controllers down the road. <laughs> I know. You know, I got to go to the IUPAT location here in Maryland and they were doing a virtual reality um, training with a scissor lift and, and I got to do it and it was really interesting. And, it, you know, it, people still have to be there, but it helps. To, I think I think the story is that people can now be safer because you can take a step back from maybe trying a scissor lift for the first go in the middle of a job site you know you can do it for just for that one example but yeah it's i'm really i'm excited to see how it kind of how it uh, evolves yeah and and i think you know i mean look just uh 10 12 15 years ago everything was paper written right and handwritten and all that for daily inspection reports now everything's done computerized i mean there there are organizations out there you know uh companies out there that you can fill it out. You have your iPads, you know, your your pads that you can just fill out there, take pictures with the same pad. Everything's downloaded, makes it so much easier, mm -hmm. uh, so much more efficient. You can, uh, you know, uh, get information out to people quicker, especially if there's an issue going on, like like a cracked beam, you know, after abrasive blasting or something going on with a bearing or again, even in a tank, you might have some welding that's bad or, or interior that you know you can take that picture and get it out to people you know quickly to almost get instantly mm -hmm. instantly yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean technology is there and and we have to embrace it but i think it's a good thing and i think it's like you just said it's going to make it much more safer you know for everybody i hope so yeah all right well i have a few rapid fire questions to ask you just to get a little bit to know you a little bit more um who is your hero or mentor wow my hero or mentor well i would say um 
is a hero mentor combination for my father. Mm -hmm. uh, I started in the business with him in the 80s, actually in the late 70s, and, and stayed with him through 91. Uh, and uh, I learned really everything from him. All the certifications that I have, they're great, but really it's, it was everything I did on the job um, from shoveling abrasives to brush and rolling to a little bit of spraying, a little bit of abrasive blasting. Uh, and my mentor uh, was, uh, he's retired now, Dr. Lloyd Smith. He um, he taught me everything I needed to know. I worked with him side by side on several projects and I learned a lot from him. So, uh, you know, he both of those men in my life uh, were very uh, important and guided me to where I, where I am today. That's awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. What is your biggest pet peeve? Wow. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> um, you know, my biggest pet peeve just in general sometimes is uh is um you know when i send out an email or something or I, I call and i don't get a return especially if i have a question or or i get a return and they didn't really read the whole email i guess that would be a pet peeve yeah <laughs> or they don't answer all the questions you have in the email they only answer one <laughs> exactly or or even with staffing sometimes out in the field is you know uh if if we've talked about something and they somebody continually does something a little differently so those little things like that. But again, usually, you know, you work through those things. Yes. Uh, what place, if you had any any choice, any place in the world, what place would you like to be most right now? That's a loaded question. I, Is I'm it? A, I'm, I'm, I'm a beach bum at heart. So okay. with a beautiful beach and that's, you know, that 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 works for me <laughs> place for you awesome well thanks so much for chatting with us again this has been a tony sardana sardanus he is the national codings director at gannett fleming tony was there anything else you wanted to mention before we hang up no if anybody wants to reach out to me i'm on linkedin or uh they can reach me on my um email hopefully you'll have that at the end of this uh presentation uh but linkedin email or my cell phone number uh Four ten three seven one seven zero five six. I mean, awesome. Um, anyway, um, I'm here to help and um, here to learn as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Tony. Really appreciate it. Um, do be sure to reach out to him if anyone has any follow up questions or ideas or thoughts. You sound like you're very willing and open to chat with our listeners. So thanks again. We'll share the contact information in our show notes. Uh, again, my name is Stephanie Chizik. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro Magazine. Thanks for joining us again today. And as always, happy coding. Calling all Codings contractors. We have a great resource for you. Codings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coding needs. And the best part, it's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit codingspromag.com slash subscribe. Codings Pro. Know what the pros know.